When you think about the future, how are you spending your time? What problems do you want to solve? What career paths exist and how will you get there? Get the inside scoop on college and career options. Let's plan your future. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome to this week's College and Career Corner. I'm your host, Andra Anderson, Senior Coordinator for Next Generation Scholars. Well, I am particularly excited for today's guest for a number of reasons. I would love for you to help me welcome Marin Korasaniti to the WKHS studio. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. So we actually had a little uh, meeting before our our, our radio um, time right now. We did a little walk around the building, talked about all kinds of fun ideas like campus beautification and summer projects and all kinds of things. So lots of good energy happening right now, which is really exciting. Yeah, all of my favorite topics and subjects. I'm so glad. I'm so <laughs> glad. I love it. So let's start with introductions. Um, can you share you know, what you're doing, your role with Shore Rivers? Sure. So like you said, my name is Marin, and I am the Education and Outreach Coordinator at Shore Rivers. This is my third year at Shore Rivers, which is beyond wild to me. Um, but we can get into my job responsibilities a little bit later, right? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do with our guests on this show is kind of go back in time, right? <laughs> Take a little go back to the future, a little <laughs> 90s reference, and talk about when you were in high school, junior, senior year, what did you think you wanted to do? Oh, my goodness. Boy, do I have a tale for you. I'm so excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I never thought that I would end up in the environmental field. I was always very dedicated to environmental issues, but I was a little bit of an oddball. I like I had a year where I wanted to be a mortician Ooh. for some reason. I Ooh. know. So, so a little out of the blue, I think, for me. I feel like no one would expect that from me. I definitely wanted to be a zookeeper at some point. I was like, just leave me with the animals. <laughs> I am good there. Just put me in a little den with a bear. I'm going to be satisfied. And then for a long time, I actually really wanted to work in museums. I was like, I will be a museum curator. I will yes. painting here. <laughs> and was very particular about that. And so that was actually my goal when I came into college was wow. to work in museums. Okay. But that changed. Yeah. So you went to Washington. I did. Yeah. So did they have the museum pro studies program or the minor or concentration at that time? I think they had the concentration. Okay. Um, but I enrolled specifically just in the history program. Okay. Um, and that was kind of out of my line of sight, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. you went to college thinking you were going to study history or mm -hmm. go into museum work or something along those lines? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, history, and now you're working for Shore Rivers. What? Tell us what happened. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I actually, I had a great time in college. I had a lot of cool different jobs. I was a writing center tutor. I did an internship at the Library of Congress, which was more in line of my original career ideas. Um, I was a resident assistant. Go, go RAs. Yeah, <laughs> very important work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I actually, um, starting my third year of college, I was like, ooh, I have a lot of credits and I have no money. <laughs> um, maybe I should graduate early. And so when I kind of put that into motion, it was like, okay, I want to graduate early. What do I need to do academically? And how do I find a job a year ahead of when I had planned to search for a job? Yeah. And 
the stars aligned. Like oh. the clouds opened up, the sun oh. rays came down, and I got an email about this thing called the Chesapeake Conservation Corps. It is a year of service program through the Chesapeake Bay Trust. Uh, you're matched with the host organization in the Chesapeake Bay watershed. Uh, there's, you know, a stipend attached, and you get to do great works for a year while you maybe figure some stuff out. It was seemingly like a great entry into the workforce. Yeah. It had a lot of professional development attached to it. And I was like, well, that sounds great because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a little bit scared. <laughs> and I have always loved the environment. And I had found a lot of satisfaction in especially my writing tutor role in teaching others. So I was like, yeah, let's apply for an environmental education position. Why not? Why not? <laughs> they probably won't take me. But then they did. And they the did. <laughs> I got matched with Shore Rivers and I've been there ever since. It was kind wow. of. Wow. Yeah. The perfect, the perfect flow. Yeah. La sorry for the river pun. No, I love <laughs> it. Perfect flow to be with Shore Rivers. I yeah. love that. They sh you should use that for something. Thank you. Putting it in <laughs> get, my pocket now. Get, get into the flow. <laughs> now, <laughs> coming up with all these campaign ideas. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So that's, and that's something I think is important for, for, especially for students to hear, but really anybody, I mean, you don't, one thing we try to tell students is you don't have to have it all figured out. And oh, even yeah. if you, you know, air quotes, do have it all figured out, something could change. You might be exposed to a class that you didn't get to take in high school or, you know, you might get an email about this year-long opportunity in a field that you didn't really expect to do. And a lot of it, I think, is just keeping your, your eyes open and allowing yourself to explore possibilities. Yeah, you know, I think people are, you know, rightfully so. It takes some bravery, I think, to, especially once you've started a course, to change directions. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it can be nerve-wracking when you go off of the path you set for yourself. So, like, don't be afraid of the nerves. You know, you don't have to tell yourself the nerves aren't there. But definitely listen to the nerves and listen to whatever the other voice is saying, okay, but what if you did this, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, that voice is worth trusting and investigating. I love that. But what if you did this? I'm going to use that. I love that. <laughs> but what if? Let's just say, but what if? Let's yeah. just say you do this and then what? You don't know. You have no idea. It could be great. Yeah. You you never know where the GPS is going to take you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially over here on the Eastern Shore. Like, oh. you never know which road you're going to travel, but that doesn't mean it's not worth traveling. Right. Oh, I love that. So good. Okay. So now you're you're with Shore Rivers. Can mm -hmm. you share more about your role? What projects you work on or, or what what gets you motivated every day to, to go to work? Absolutely. And I will become a full-blown nerd here. I so love it. So feel free to like Bring it on. pause me at some point. <laughs> so I'm our education outreach coordinator. That means I work in our education department and then our community engagement department, which like that sounds kind of lame and dry, <laughs> no, but they're actually, great. all of our departments are super cool. I'm biased and love those two the most, right? <laughs> so I have two main, like what we would call programmatic responsibilities the first and which this is so close to my heart I lead our third grade environmental education program mm -hmm. it's called Sturgeon Discovery oh my gosh best name ever shout out to Suzanne Sullivan <laughs> and Ellie Bassett um, and the whole focus right and this is mostly in Talbot and Dorchester counties we know that what we do on the land impacts the water right mm -hmm. and so the focus of this program is helping third grade students investigate as scientists, right, as peers, how could these different factors impact the habitat and the life of this mysterious 
ancient <laughs> endangered fish, the Atlantic sturgeon, my favorite living fossil. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, this fish, it gets up to 14 feet long in the Chesapeake Bay. It weighs over 800 pounds at its biggest. What? They have been around for 120 million years. They're like, they're these wild living dinosaurs underneath our noses, right? Yeah. That we almost lost. But they're coming back. Wow. With the help of our Eastern Shore third graders. So wow. if you see a third grader, give them a hand. They are so <laughs> awesome. They do amazing um, outreach and restoration projects to help the sturgeon. And if you want to see dedication, introduce an issue to a third grader. Oh, I bet. They know what they're talking about and they want to fix the problem. That age group too, you get you get kind of obsessed with what you're interested <laughs> yeah. in. So I bet they even throw facts at you. Like, did you know oh, this? Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, it was so wild. I was at South Dorchester Elementary School, and one of the students, their grandfather, actually had caught and released an Atlantic sturgeon and had a video of it. What? And so this kid was like, oh, yeah, and, like, this is how the fishing actually works, and this is a gill net. And I was like, whoa! That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, they're just so knowledgeable and so excited. And, again, when we talk about environmental issues... We don't just want to talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. We need to know what caused them. But most importantly, we need to figure out how we can act together as a community to address them, right? Yeah. To fix them. Because we deserve that. Yeah. You know? And again, the third graders, they are so innovative. They have amazing ideas on how to solve issues. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> the program that is probably closest to my heart that I've worked on the longest. But I also coordinate our River Friendly Yards program, which is also like... It's on, like, the other ventricle of my heart. (laughs) More nerd humor. (laughs) Um, The River Friendly Yards program is focused on kind of the same concept, right? What we do on land impacts the water. Right. And if you have your own yard, if you, like me, you live in an apartment complex that does have some green space, um, what we do in those green spaces and yards has a strong impact. So right now, we're actually in the upper Chesapeake Bay watershed. I looked <laughs> on uh, Model My Watershed before we came here because, like, Wharton Park is actually in the Chester watershed. But up here, we're in the Bayside Creek's uh, upper Chesapeake Bay watershed. Okay. Which, oh, if anyone is unaware, we're going to have a vocab moment, if that's okay. Let's do it. A watershed is essentially the area of land that drains to a certain body of water. Right. So right now we're in the upper Chesapeake Bay watershed, the Atlantic Ocean watershed. Um, If there is a nearby stream, we would be in that stream's watershed. Uh, So area of land drains to a body of water. It's like the most basic definition, I guess. Yeah. And so in River Friendly Yards, we talk about, okay, if we just have turf grass lawns, which, you know, that's not uh, a failing, right, to have one. we could do better to add those benefits to our nearby waterways by adding native plants, right? By adding native grasses that support our local pollinators and other native uh, animals and also protect our water from pollution, whether it be sediment pollution or nutrient pollution. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. 
two really awesome projects to be working on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying everyone else is jealous of me <laughs> because my programs are so cool. But <laughs> Maybe you help make them cool. You know, as you were talking, it's funny. So a lot of times I also studied history and people <laughs> are always like, what? That's not anything related to what you do. But it is. I mean, yeah. as you were talking and you're uncovering information about the sturgeon, there's history involved in that. And taking your interest of it and sharing it with third graders, that's huge. So you know, you might not think that what you studied is directly related to what you do, but it brings a different perspective to it, which I think is important. Thank you. And that's so true. Like science doesn't exist in a vacuum. You know, the sturgeon didn't become endangered just because, you know, it happened because of events throughout history, whether that be degradation of their habitat or historic, we always mention historic overfishing, Mm -hmm. you know, that applies to our beloved Eastern oyster as well the impacts we see on its population are because of fishing practices over 100 years ago. So we have to have that perspective to have the open conversations about these issues and everyone being informed and caring about the issue because we're all impacted by it. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think also with the interest in history, you study communities and people and their habits and some of it is about tradition and protecting that. And, you know, mm-hmm. especially in this area, there's a huge tradition surrounding working on the water. And mm-hmm. you, you want to be um, mindful of that while also saying we can still do better. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And we can't look at environmental problems like kind of what you're saying in a vacuum as well, because they impact people right. in a variety of ways, whether it be a threat to livelihood, a threat to someone's home. We talk about that a lot with seawater sea level rise pardon me and erosion you know what we all want is for everyone to be able to live a life that connects them to their roots that keeps them in the places that they want to be and so that they can thrive in those environments because no one can thrive in an environment that is heavily polluted right yeah yeah wow so okay with those projects so working with third graders doing the river friendly yards so working with the community what else i mean are there other opportunities for, let's say, high school age students to get involved and and learn more about these projects or be involved some way with um, Shore Rivers. Yeah, absolutely. Because you mentioned high school students, I do want to give a specific plug. This coming March 19th, we we are hosting with Washington College our first actual um, Upper Shore Youth Environmental Action Summit. We actually had one planned for 2020. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Didn't pan out. <laughs> planned for 2020. That's a good one. Yeah. A funny uh-huh. joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, knock on whatever wood is available. Um, plan for 2022, March 19th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We will be having the Youth Environmental Action Summit, and that will include a networking breakfast that's going to have different community partners like Shore Rivers will be there. Um Eastern Shore Land Conservancy, other organizations and community partners that have opportunities, whether it be internships, volunteering, or career building opportunities for youth in our community. Then we will have a variety of speakers who are coming. For example, if you know Amani Black from Minorities in Aquaculture. I have been dying to meet her, so I'm really excited. Yeah. 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 any listeners, if you're not familiar with Min- if you're not familiar, you're not a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a fangirl like us of minorities in aquaculture, Imani is amazing. Uh, MIA is a fantastic nonprofit that is doing so much good work. 
So she will be there to talk about her work and the aquaculture industry. Annie Richards, our Chester Riverkeeper. Shout out to Annie. (laughs) Huge shout out to Annie. Annie, if you're listening, high five (laughs) through the microphone. Um, And so we have all of these great speakers who are coming to elaborate on what work they do, how the work actually happens, which I feel like sometimes one of the barriers to environmental work is the mystery of how it actually functions, right? Um, Either it seems very simple or it seems way too complicated. And we want to demystify that because this work is important. It's something we all have a right to do, right? Um, And again, like I mentioned earlier, we all deserve to live in pollution-free, healthy environments. Right. So definitely want students to come, engage in these issues that are all around them, and learn how they can use their voice to make a difference. I love that. I'm so excited. It's such a great program. Um, And we were talking a little bit about some other potential projects in the works, maybe Mm -hmm. for for some high school students in the Kent County area. So stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll have to have you come back if we solidify any of these and talk more about it. I think that'd be really, really great. Um, Because it's important. And, you know, I know this wasn't when you were in high school, it wasn't necessarily your plan to work in Mm -hmm. environmental advocacy or action or or outreach or any of that. But what if there's a a student, you know, junior or senior, even somebody in college, maybe thinking about this pathway? What advice do you have for them or what should they what skills could they be working on or, you know, how could they get started? Yeah, I mean. I always have oodles of advice that I probably (laughs) don't even deserve to give. But I would say in terms of like hard advice, start getting involved now. You know, whether it be you notice that there is a ton of plastic pollution in your neighborhood, grab two friends, go pick it up. Right. Yeah. Whether it be partnering with someone like Shore Rivers, you know, we lead trash pickups, tree plantings. Um, We have a submerged aquatic aquatic vegetation watching program that helps monitor these really important beds of underwater grasses um, or another environmental organization in the area getting involved with their programs just to get a taste of what it's actually like and then also some things I wish I had known sooner oh yes tell us (laughs) I wish I had familiarized myself and this is like technical with the code of Maryland regulations also known as COMAR It impacts, you know, how education works, how advocacy works. It's the framework for when you're responding to an environmental issue, what you can actually do about it. Mm -hmm. So at least being familiar with how you can figure out what rules are around you. I feel like that seems very simple, but because there are so many layers, right? Mm -hmm. There's, you know, local rules and then county rules and then state rules and then national rules, knowing where to go to look for what the framework of what you're investigating is so important kind of technical but very very important yeah yeah and for some like more mushy advice (laughs) which is my favorite type to give because I'm a very emotional person um you know one don't be afraid to just step outside and look like your observational soft skill is beyond important even if you decide not to go into environmental in the end right Observation and being able to research what you're looking at is going to be a skill that can carry you anywhere. But especially if you're looking to like do something like what Shore Rivers does, where you go out, you find issues, and you find ways to address them. Um, that that's just a huge, huge skill. Yeah. And also, not to be corny, 
believe in yourself. If yeah. you're having yeah. a bad day, I definitely have those days where I'm like, things are bad. <laughs> things are bad today. <laughs> like, there are a lot of issues out there. There's like this going on here. There's this going on there. I am just one person. One, you are one person, but one person can do a heck of a lot. Yeah. People are very powerful and it's hard to remember that sometimes. And two, you're also never alone. You know, something that I'm so proud of working at Shore Rivers is that we really are a part of our communities. Mm -hmm. And communities are the foundation of how anyone can function, whether you're talking about the environmental world, whether you're talking about, you know, any other social issue you can talk about, whether it be food or, you know, poverty. Our communities are what save us. They help us move forward. They help us lift ourselves up when we can't. Um, so you're not alone. You're a part of a community. And in being a part of that community, you can take action, right? You have someone at your back and you have your own brain leading you. And that is like unspeakably powerful. Yeah. You don't realize the power or potential that you have when it comes to these kinds of projects or issues. Yeah. Yeah. And whether, even if it's just noticing that there's a problem, mm. even if you're like, I see that there's a problem, but I can't fix it. If you notice that, that alone is so important, right? Yeah. Because then you can connect with other people who can help you fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And saying it out loud and saying, but what if we did this? <laughs> if you give the villain a name, you can identify the problem, right? Yeah. And you can address it, you know? Ooh. You can say, like, there's stuff out there and nothing, you know, happens from that. But if you can say, like, oh, there are like 50 plastic bottles out there and I know that they do this, right? I know that they cause microplastics. I know that they hurt our wildlife. When you're able to like name what is happening that has, again, I hate to keep saying like, it has power. Like I feel like Gandalf, like I'm just an old (laughs) wizard (laughs) who's like, ah, you have the power within you, Rolo, you know, but you do. But you do. (laughs) I love, listen, hobbits, underrated faves. I'll put it out there now. You know what? (laughs) I love that. It's true though. I mean, I don't think that um, high school students really understand what kind of power they could potentially have. Mm -hmm. Well, and I just want to put in this plug I know it's hard. Like, I am relatively young, I guess, even though I feel like I'm 8,000 years old sometimes. (laughs) It is hard when you look up and all you see is, like, people above you, right? All these layers that you have to go through. That does not mean that you're at the bottom of a pile. That doesn't mean that you're not a worthwhile person. Sometimes it just means that you have to get creative, right? Mm. And you have to know who to ask for help. And that applies to so many situations, right? Um, But knowing how to say, okay, I see this problem. I feel like I can't fix it by myself. But that doesn't mean I can't try. And that doesn't mean I can't find someone else to, like, hold hands with me and move forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, like, our responsibility as adults come in to say, like, it's easy for someone to feel powerless because of their age. You don't deserve to feel powerless. Yeah. You know? So we're here to lift you up so you can do what you got to do. Yeah. That's why it's so great that you go in and and share this kind of messaging or projects with third graders, right? Because that's, I mean, they're just that age of like, well, what can I do? I mean, let me show you what you can do. You can do all of these things, even in third grade. Yeah. Do you know how many third graders we have who are like, Miss Barron, when you came in like two months ago to see us, you talked about pollution. Guess what? 
every day now when I walk home from the bus, I pick up like three pieces of trash. And I'm like, wow. Yes. Yeah. You're doing it. You're yes. really doing it. <laughs> like, That's awesome. They're like, again, this again, I'm very corny. I know who I am. <laughs> like, I will own that. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes that I share all the time is, you know, sometimes people feel like what they do is a drop in a bucket. It mm. does not matter. Every single drop leaves ripples. Yeah. Ripples go places. They do things. Waves? So powerful. They can erode an entire cliffside, which is bad sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, it is so powerful. So don't be afraid to drop in your water drop. Yeah. You don't know who it will affect or what it will lead to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even like you said, just mentioning it out loud could lead to somebody else having the same question or, well, what if? And maybe they have a connection to someone or something who can help you do something about it. Yeah. And like, you never know that you're not alone until you put your voice out there and listen for other voices to come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, Ooh. applicable to so much more than environmental. So but true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This this has turned into a very powerful message. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, at, at this point, are there any other volunteer opportunities with Shore Rivers that you want to highlight? I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of things happening and, you know, thank goodness we're able to do programming and, and mm -hmm. have people come together in person because that's pretty powerful. Although, you know, I've, I've attended some um, virtual like general assembly meetings. There's a lot you can do virtually too, oh, but, yeah. you know, in person is really powerful, but any other volunteer things or how else can people get involved with Shore Rivers? Yeah, so I will start by saying if you go to our website, shorerivers.org, that contains pretty much all of our programs, right? And all of our contacts for if you need to contact your river keeper or um, an agriculture representative, right? But in terms of programs, like stuff we have evergreen or very frequently that you can get involved in, if you have access to a dock, we have Marylanders Grow Oysters, right? We have our River Friendly Yards program, which, again, so near and dear to my heart. If you have access to land somewhere, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, a big to-do. We'd love to help you understand, okay, this is what you can do for that. We do perennial programming with a bunch of different partners. So, like, last year we had oyster reef ball builds where the whole community came together to build these concrete monstrosities <laughs> that support whole colonies of oysters right and then of course we have invasive species cleanups we usually do annual water chestnut um there is a word removal. removal i was gonna yes. say ripping out which is not <laughs> i mean <laughs> the term we use right but water chestnut super invasive aquatic plant we do removals every year so you can get involved in that um we also, of course, have trash cleanups. I mentioned our underwater grass monitoring program. And then also, I want to give a special highlight. Every year, Memorial Day through Labor Day, we are a part of... Um, have you ever gone on Swim Guide? No. Oh, to see like if it's safe to swim? Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So we actually provide um, testing and monitoring for Swim Guide for a lot of our popular local beaches. So if you're interested in that, you know, making sure that it's safe to swim or, you know, safe to fish, right? Yeah. We do that program every, sum every summer and we recruit volunteers to do the actual sampling. So if you're like, you know what? Yeah. Every Thursday morning, I'd love to go out, get a sample of water, drop it off and then go about my day. 
that's a great kind of quick way to get involved. We do the testing in house, mm-hmm. um, and then you get to help share with your community whether it's safe to swim or not, which is really a big deal in the summer. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I feel like I was so uninformed on why swimming safety is so important beyond like, ah, you shouldn't eat a half an hour before you swim. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like that was all I knew. And there's so much more when it comes to swimming in our rivers that we need to be aware of. Yeah. So I want to give the special plug for bacteria testing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a lot of ways to get involved. There's a lot of projects that you're working on. Mm-hmm. So many things coming yeah. up. Yeah. We have a tree stewards program that's getting off the ground. Um, we have other upcoming opportunities that we're putting together for students, especially. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, follow Shore Rivers on social media. We do post about our opportunities frequently, especially on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, follow our website if you can. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. If you live by the Chester River and you see a problem that you want to report, contact your riverkeeper. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So, that, you know, you can have a big impact with just having a just having an observation. Yeah, again, our observational skills can carry us so far, both professionally, um, interacting with issues. You know, there are so many ways. So hone those observation skills. You should have them. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has turned into like a great message and all of these. And I'm, I'm excited for more things to come. But thank you for, for coming on to the College and Career Corner show. I cannot thank you enough for having me. I hope, you know, anyone listening maybe has gotten something out of this. And yeah, I'm more than happy to hear from folks. I love our communities, like not to be a nerd about it. but <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much. And join us next week at a new time. So the semester is changing at Kent County High School. So you can catch College and Career Corner at its new time, 10 to 1030 a.m. every single Tuesday. So that's Tuesdays at 10 a.m. here on 90.5 WKHS. We'll see you next week. Ninety point five WKHS Warden.